This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. It's time for Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me is just Kyle today. Hi, everyone. We're a man down, people. Man down. <laughs> Ken, Ken finally got it, huh? He yeah. finally got the COVID? Did you I, get the COVID? We don't know yet. Oh, we don't actually know yet? We I thought know. we already knew. No, I didn't know. <laughs> that joke backfired. Yeah. Then. I feel bad. <laughs> we <laughs> don't will know. soon, Ken. We don't know if he has the Rona. He's just not feeling very good, very under the weather, tired, and didn't make it out of bed today to come to the podcast studio. So We'll miss him. But we'll carry on. We are carrying on without him. It is weird, though. I don't. I can't even remember the last time it's just been you and I. Like I'm pretty sure even I when know. it switched from Eric to Ken on here, like I don't. There think... was a couple episodes. Was there a couple yeah. of episodes? Okay, I thought we it was did... like a quick transition, but I, did... it, a lot's happened in the year, so I don't remember. I know. I know it's really <laughs> crazy. It has been a year, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if any of our listeners remember Eric, but he left us on Valentine's Day of 2020. He did. There's a whole episode dedicated yeah. to him if you want to check it out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially for him. Yeah, yeah that it literally has been a year and we could have celebrated with Ken coming on board, but right. he's under the weather now. He is. Hopefully so not from the COVID. We'll have to look back and see when his first episode was. It, yeah, there might have been like an episode or two after. I don't remember. Yeah. Again, a lot's happened in the year. Oh I don't know gosh. if anyone's noticed, but yeah. <laughs> we've been busy <laughs> we were revamping the website yeah that was the only good thing that was happening yeah. that year <laughs> that's, what, that's the only thing that was happening we were working hard and diligently to revamp the website nothing else happened in the industry no no um so yeah so we're man down and but we did this week get to see a couple screeners so that was fun well yeah. we got a screener of boogie and you watched promising young woman so i was able to we're gonna get your take on that later in the um podcast Great. and then um we have an update on shuttered venues the shuttered venues grant the svog okay and i they updated their frequently asked questions page last friday but we we're gone last Friday. We did a Thursday Some podcast. Some of us were gone last yeah. Friday. Some of us had to work. <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> I was laying tile. Well, not me, but people in my group were laying tile while I was watching children at our cabin. So, nah. and there was like a foot of snow. Nah. So it's not Could like have been it, at work. Oh, it was a lot more fun. There was still a foot of snow here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. No children running around. No children. No tile. <laughs> Never tiling again. I, I take that back. I have to tile next weekend when Ken feels better. <laughs> yeah, when and if he feels better. <laughs> we we got the walls done. We didn't do the pan. Poor guy. Never you know, a day off. <laughs> never a day off. Well, he's getting today. Well, under duress. Pr- under duress. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> um. So I guess we should get into it then, huh? Yeah, let's dive right in. Let's see what we got here. Okay, so uh, the upcoming release changes. Um, there's not very many this week. It looks like Marry Me from Universal moved from May 14th to February 11th of 2022. They are very confident in that movie, I guess. Yeah. Nimona from Disney moved off of January 14th, 2022, and it's on set. I think... I read something. This is from Blue Sky, correct? Yeah, the animation studio yeah, under and Fox. Under Fox. Yeah. And Disney took it over in their big acquisition of Fox. Mm-hmm. And they are now dismantling Blue Sky. Yeah, and which is a bummer. I, and I think Nimona is going to be a casualty of that. I, it's not finished, and I don't think there's any plans to finish it. Yeah, I guess I was wondering if Disney Animation was going to come in and do something, or if they just... I feel artic- like there's no reason to. The article I read indicated that it was just done, that they ah. weren't they weren't going to. Hmm. Bummer. Which is sad because Blue Sky was actually turning out to be a really good animation studio. I yeah. mean, they had Ferdinand and... Spies in Disguise was... Well, th- right. it was under Disney's distribution, but they but did it do was, that one. They did that one, and my, my kids loved Spies in Disguise. Yeah, I've heard good things Which about we called it. Pigeon Impossible on the podcast. I mean, it's been around for a while. I mean... Yeah. I grew up with Ice Age, like with some of those Ice Age movies, and oh yeah, they had uh, all Rio of... was also another movie they did. That one I didn't see, but right, uh, well, they did two Rio movies. Did they? Yeah, 
I forgot about that. Yeah. I only, I, I didn't never even saw the first one. I mean, one, Ice so. Age was the big thing that came out of Fox's animation endeavors, yeah. but Blue Sky was really, I think, coming into its own be- right before Disney. Yeah. Which I is mean, tough because it was nice to have another kids animation production company. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's Pixar and Disney has theirs, but that's, you know, under the same umbrella. And you hope that DreamWorks can step up against Pixar for the most and part. And we'll, y- we'll you just have, hope for more competition than just those two. Well, we'll have DreamWorks Animation and Illumination from Universal. Yeah, they've been. We've got Warner's Animation, player. which does like the Lego movies. And yeah, then we've. Which we, might be under Universal now, I believe. I believe the, the Lego movies are going to Universal. Are they? I thought they were going to. I thought they had a new. Um, contract contract with Universal and Warner Bros pulled the plug from their contract. I remember oh. that happening like a year ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, so much is changed. I know, <laughs> but maybe even longer. I can't. Again, I don't know what time it is. <laughs> but it's just it was Fox having Fox um, content was always really good for kid shows in the summer. So yeah. when when theaters would do summer kid programs, I always had Fox stuff mm-hmm. in there and. It was just nice to ha- make sure that every studio is represented, and now For sure. and now Disney is just kind of doing away with that. I know there's Sony Animation that does like Hotel Transylvania movies, and those are are pretty good. And they'll do more Spider Verse movies, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like there's not competition, but it was just it Fox was just easy to work with back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it, it was probably easier for film buyers and for theaters to you know be able to get them to play at their theaters while you know you just hope for more of these studios they were a little more lenient and yeah and had better terms i thought yeah which isn't very surprising yeah (sighs) so that's kind of sad um the film voyagers from lionsgate is now releasing on april 9th 2021 so i wonder if they'll that'll be a, a day and date pvod yeah, I'm not sure. I can't tell if they're thinking that this is going to be like a wide release film or, or I mean, wide, but quote going, unquote, but I don't know if they're thinking about a day and day type release it, at all. I bet it is because it's going into April and nobody's looking at April right now. So unless if they're the first. Yeah, that could be. But I, I don't. I'm gonna be going to be hopeful here. OK, you be hopeful. I don't know what the movie's about at all, but I'm going to be <laughs> hopeful. I don't know what it's about, but I think it's going to be day and day. PVOD. Okay. Then Finding You from Roadside Attractions moved from uh, April 23rd, 2021 to May. So there's some movement back. And Tyson's Run, what's ICR? Uh, Iconic something? Here, I'll look it up for you. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but that moved from April 9th to August 6th of 2021. And we just got word right before the podcast that Sony in a mystery film is coming out March 12th. And it, the only thing we know about it is, it's called the lawn weekend and it's rated R and that's it, huh? And that's it. <laughs> mystery film from Sony. This the, is so unlike them. Lawn weekend, March of um, March 12th. Yeah. Get ready for it. People. I don't know what it is. You're going to have to prepare a week before it's released to know yeah. exactly what this movie is going to yeah. be. So good luck, but it's going to be uh, pretty appreci- painful. I appreciate the heads up from Sony, but I just wish they would have given us more information. Yeah, they timed the heads up great. It's yeah. just a matter of can you give us a bit more? Like there's no synopsis. I mean, there's a cast list, but what use is right. that really if there's no one that yeah. you recognize? <laughs> I mean, maybe like one or two actors, but even still, yeah, it's it's not very much, is it? No, but... It's a new film in March. On March 12th, I don't believe there was anything really going that week. So, this, I mean, kudos to Sony for stepping up and putting something there in March. Yeah, I mean, there is, what, March 12th? So there is, what, Chaos Walking and Tom and Jerry before that? So Tom and Jerry is um, end of February. Okay. And then Chaos Walking and Raya are, Raya, that's what I was are March 5th. Okay. So, I mean, I guess if Raya and Chaos hold, then maybe whatever Sony's mystery movie is going to be, I guess that yeah. could be like an alternate alternate title, after, I guess. Then after um, 
in between the 12th and the 19th, the next week is the Academy Award nomination. So I know a lot of smaller um, distributors are expanding on the 19th. And okay. Like you might see more Minari dates, um, Courier. If it gets yeah, nominated, if yeah. If it gets nominated, just some of those types of films will be will expand on the 19th and to coincide with Academy nominations. Right, right. And by the way, for Tyson's run, uh, the studio is, or the, the distributor is Iconic Releasing. Iconic Releasing, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a, is that the Iconic that's a um, alternative content company? Could I think be. they are. Could be. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so as far as booking strategies, you know, we're still just kind of <laughs> muddling through this. What? Nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> We do have a, you know, a three-day weekend coming up this weekend, which will be nice. We mm-hmm. not only have, it, not only is it Valentine's weekend, but President's Day falls the next day. So we've got three days. Um, I did book a lot of like repertory love movies. Um, some of the ones I targeted were like Ghost, Notebook, P.S. I Love You. And um, then Lionsgate had the right one. But I heard that that one was not actually like happy romantic, but it was really sad. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I guess I, I caught a glimpse of like the trailer at one point, and, it and I guess funny, like right? I guess so. Yeah, like I just assumed like it'd be like I, a I romantic be, comedy. I figured it'd be something like Broken Hearts Gallery. I guess. Uh huh. I mean, it, it's probably like sad in some moments, but for the most part, it's you know a happy go lucky nice type of movie. Yeah, that's R rated for some reason. I've heard. Every uh, that teenagers thought it was kind of funny, and then grown men coming out crying. So I don't know what happens in the movie hmm. that <laughs> is such a disparate like reaction to it. But last I heard of that, it was like fault in our stars. So I don't Ooh. know what <laughs> no. is it on that level. I, I don't did know. Not <laughs> I thought it was a romantic comedy, so I booked it in a bunch of places, thinking it would hold over into Valentine's weekend. But now I'm wondering about it. Oh. Well guess we should have looked at the trailer better i guess but hey whatever whatever works though especially for valentine's weekend like i'm sure there's couples out there that are feeling closed up and want to go out and you know even if it's yeah even if it's an old title like it's at least a good time to show an old title unlike you know the times we've had before to where we're relying on these older titles for weeks upon weeks instead you know this is the right holiday for a date night event yeah um, we've got Judas and Land opening this weekend. We do. Which um, I'm really excited about Land, actually. I think it'll work for the Mountain West really well. Yeah, yeah. So, There'll definitely be those, I guess, wilderness demographics that will enjoy that type of movie for sure. Yeah, and then we have the Mauritanian, but I only know of it in a few spots i think they went extremely limited on this film i only got approached for one location and when i couldn't put it in that one location i gave them another one they were like no no we only wanted the one <laughs> so which is so interesting for our whole circuit it was kind of kind of crazy do you think they're trying for a limited type or very a very very limited until, type release until, until oscars they, yeah oscars they think yep. they might be able to get something for the oscars then yep hmm. yeah. interesting so um, I'm looking forward to more of the end of the month when Tom and Jerry come out. Maybe it'll kick Crudes off its high pedestal. Or or they can both work. I mean, I don't think we'll <laughs> yeah. be opposed to that at all. But yeah, Crudes is just still hanging in there. It is. There's it's some there's shocking. some weekends where I'm always I'm like maybe you'll like bump off this like new title and it'll be at number one. So I don't know. You know yeah. it's. I don't know. It's just crazy. I didn't expect it to have this lawn of legs and, you know, theaters and Universal are probably very happy with the results. It just shows that people want to go to the movie and they want family fare right now. And unfortunately, we're getting just a lot of rated R content. Yeah. Just throwing out whatever rated R content and see what happens. But yeah, that's probably not the way to go. Like R rated titles are very hard to sell. Unless if they're like big... Unless yeah. they're like big blockbuster type movies, yeah. But I think, I think uh, especially right now, you know, that it's just even couples and single people in some areas not don't necessarily even want to see a rated R title. They just want something happy and maybe more family friendly right now. Yeah, especially if you're trying to draw in 
decent sized crowds. Like odds are they're looking for something more happy go lucky than a hard R or any sort of R rated title. Yeah. Um, and then we've got so we got Tom and Jerry at the end of the month. Oh, Boogie. That was the other film that's coming out March fifth. So that is coming out March 5th. We're going to have a really big bump in content on that last week of February, first week of March and that it's going to have to last us all through March. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of March we got Godzilla versus Khan and that'll be a nice bump. It's just nice to see that there are some things like sticking. I yeah. mean, we were just rattling off some stuff that was being released I... from, or that was being moved off of, you know, April. Oh, I know. I'm so excited for Raya. I, yeah. I know it's day and date with Disney Plus, And I know Disney Plus is a legit streaming platform that, you know, will actually be competition with the theaters. But, yeah. man, a, a f- another family film, like a family film with the premium um, added on top of it. So it's not like, so on Tom and Jerry... HBO Max, it's just day and date. There's not a premium upcharge for yeah. it. But Disney is doing the premium upcharge. So when you're looking at that premium upcharge versus, you know, maybe an outing to the theater and actually getting the kids out, I think, it, you know, they could they could be going to the theater more than just staying at home. Yeah, I would agree with that. Plus, I mean, with Tom and Jerry, not only they don't have that upscale price like Disney has for Raya, but, you know, HBO Max right now is just not – probably not ever going to be on the tier that disney plus is when it comes to streaming services so no, it's a much harder sell to you know get that streaming service just for tom and jerry right when you can just go to the theater yeah yeah um i think that you know disney has enough content that they can compete with netflix but i think netflix may always be the predominant streaming platform because of the convenience of having a ton of different content on yeah. it like you can only stomach so much PG thirteen Marvel and <laughs> Star Wars yeah. and and then all the PG kids stuff before you're like I I need an adult movie I need them to say an F word yeah I mean it's just it has a cluster of everything and it doesn't yeah. matter like what distributor or brand it comes from right that's why people like Netflix I like the convenience of it yeah exactly it's more convenient unlike you know, streaming services that were seen from Warner Bros and Paramount, they're not as convenient and people right. and those studios are thinking that they can sell their streaming service based on the brand, which doesn't work that way, unlike Disney. Right. Like no one's going to Paramount Plus and being like, I wanna see a Paramount picture, you know? No one I don't know if, if anybody outside the industry could name a Paramount picture. Oh yeah, exactly. Like it, it like the way Unlike you could us, be like, like that's know. a Disney movie. Exactly. Yeah. And and with Netflix, they just have a mixture of everything and it doesn't right. matter where it comes from. It's coming from Netflix. Yeah. Netflix has it. Yeah. Um so the question is is so we've got some titles, they're sticking. Some have the premium on them, some don't. Mm-hmm. What is Disney going to do with Black Widow? I think they're going to wait and see how Raya goes. I know they're kind of different audiences. It's Marvel versus in animation. Yeah. But I think if Raya goes pretty well in theaters and with the premium added on to the day and date, I I could see Black Widow getting the same treatment, you know? And then if it does, it'll stick in May. If they totally want to go just theatrical, it's going to move out of May. I don't see that stain. What about with how um, theaters are kind of slowly reopening like especially new york like i think new york is still trying to get their theaters reopening do you I, think i think that's gonna not, play a toll as well maybe but what what i think disney's gonna look at is they don't want to be first out of the gate they are not okay. going to want to jump start things they're going to want somebody else to be first out and you almost need somebody else first out a couple weeks ahead so and more than one like you're it, it's creating momentum to to one um say black widow so i i just don't see anybody going in april to create that momentum i think may is the month you start the momentum and hopefully you um then i think like fast nine and stuff is in june right uh it's coming out next year i believe fast nine is did they move it all the way to next year i'll double check that too okay well if they did that's a bummer but um, but then we've got some stuff. I think we, more no Morbius moved to October. What do we? Oh, have? sorry. Um, F 
F9, Fast and Furious 9 is coming out at the end of May, May yeah. 28th. Okay. Okay, I was mistaken it for something else, so, I guess. So, and Morbius is at the beginning of 2022, so January. Oh, yeah, that's right. They moved it back even further. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so um, I think that, you know, it may, if they if they do the premium thing, it might stick and they could keep that going. If they don't, they'll move it probably more into June and let Fast 9 probably be the first one out the gate. Yeah. And I don't think Universal is going to want that, so that might move back. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really hoping that Black Widow is theatrical only and not theater and day and date. Because I just would like it to be only a theater release first and foremost. But I like one of their brands, whether it's, you know, Marvel or Lucasfilm or something, to just be only theater. Yeah. And we were hoping that could be the case for for Black Widow. And it still could, but we just might have to wait a bit longer for that to happen. But I think we just need to see how Raya does and then um, see where everybody's at with COVID vaccinations and see where New York and LA are at. Yeah. And and we still have time. Like this movie is at the beginning of May. Yeah. It might be a rush job when they decide to do it and (laughs) all heck's going to break loose, you know, but um yeah it's we're just gonna have to wait and see and it still is gonna be good for theaters if it gets released i think but it, right we would just prefer to be theater only yep <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i have had a long week and it is Chug like, more dr pepper i know it's right it, next to you it's right next to me it's like 20 <laughs> below out and i don't know about any listener that lives in the north like we do but when it gets this cold, I just get so sleepy. I'm like, I need to hibernate. Well, you like have a bear. You have your space heater on full blast. Like that's probably not helping things. No, that's that's the only thing keeping me functional. I had to step in your office uh, for us to talk over stuff, and I'm pretty sure I was like, this is I'm sweating. Like this is getting ridiculous. No, it's not that hot. Just I like having. It warm, was that hot. I like having warm feet. I cannot be productive without warm feet, and it is cold outside. It is. It's like, what, minus 20 or something now? Yeah. At least minus 10. Yeah. Okay, so I exaggerated. <laughs> My bad. Well, I don't... Yeah. Where's Alexis when we need her? Yeah. What? what temp- <laughs> Alexis, what's the current temperature? I've been doing that so much. Yeah, you did that like today, and I was like, wait a minute, you have an Alexis... I didn't, I didn't even know you had one. Yeah. I was like, why are you just yelling that? <laughs> how, do you know, how do you think I play cozy jazz radio? <laughs> On your computer. <laughs> no. That's what I always thought. No, I play it on Alexa because I want the nice set speakers. Oh, I just don't have a clue then. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Don't go in there ordering anything. I would never. That's no, I would never abuse that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so a couple other things on the list. I know that several of our listeners have um, emailed and called about contacts to book the film Cherry from Apple. Oh, yeah. That has now gone to... A24 mm-hmm. and they're going super limited like oh, super like maybe 30 locations at its widest point so super they're not looking <laughs> they're 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 not looking for anybody right now i got one location only because i think the i think the theater owner contacted them directly and so it was kind of like he, they had to give it to them man i just yeah that's just frustrating like i I get that you're trying to do it for your streaming service and you're trying to do this for awards. Right. You know, to get into the, like the award circuits and all that, but just, I don't just crank it out a bit more. You got Tom Holland, the Russo brothers are directing it. Like, yeah, just release it a bit more. What difference you're going to be able to make good money. And then even more, some, once it comes out on the streaming service, they'll get more people on there. That's it. Like, what's your cost? Is your, you know, if is a hard drive about $250, maybe say it's $500. Why not just make it a guarantee so that you cover your costs? Yeah. And then only take locations where you can get a guarantee. So there are some states that don't allow minimums or guarantees. Don't go there, you know? Don't go there unless it's a, a theater you think can gross. But, just get the guarantee that way that doesn't affect your per screen average you get you cover your costs and you'll and you put it the onus on the theater to make the money and then you just give them an opportunity but this like 30 prints or or you know 100 prints it's just it's silliness is what it is and there's no i don't i just can't think of an argument why going so few prints it is can be justified if you're worried about losing co- 
losing money, then make a guarantee. The only thing that I could see this working is if they're starting very limited and as it gets closer to like awards time uh, with like the Oscars, then they bump up the print counts, kind of like what uh, A24 is doing with Minari. Yeah. But even still, like we're just in such weird times and you're trying to, you know, show like this new movie that you have, you know, you got a big right. list star, you got these directors that came off of a billion dollar franchise and you want to show people that you are great at making content even if it is going to streaming you're good at making content why not you know go for it a little more than just 30 instead of 30 give it another zero give it a 300 you know like what or a thousand what's wrong with a thousand print minimum yeah i mean would we all like it to be a thousand like no but it's better than 30 yeah i mean it's just i again i can't I just can't fathom why that makes sense and not a, not a bigger print count with a, with a guarantee on it. I just don't know why they could, couldn't cover that cost. Like I'm pretty sure cherry is going to be released a week before it goes on the streaming service. Right. So, but we we're seeing like day and day type stuff to where they have more locations going on than, you know, 30 and they're almost doing the same thing. Whether there's a premium cost to it or not, like, why not just do a similar path and bump up the print counts? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the, I don't know. Like, it could be, it could just be Apple doesn't know how to distribute films. Well, I think they don't. And they, they went with A24, but I'm not sure what A24's justification for going so limited is. I don't, I don't think it was their choice. They're probably just doing this so that way they can get a cut from Apple, which is fair. Like, Apple money is good money, but... I, I can't think that that is like an A24 decision. That must be Apple telling them this is how many prints we want. And they're just yeah. like, all right, like we'll get you. we're doing more for that with Minari, but whatever. Right. No, and I wish, I wish we had more insight into that decision-making process. We never will, but I wish no. so too. One of these days, maybe. maybe we could sit <laughs> Everything in. will get exposed. Everything will get exposed. But I don't know. That was really unfortunate because I thought that looked really good. I put it in so many. I gave A24 when I found out they had the distribution to it so many dates. And it's like the same story with me. Yeah. I get excited. I put it everywhere. I request it. Bam. Nothing. One or two prints. And I'm like, I, I how do you how do you choose who gets that when you have that many? You, Yeah, that's a good point because New York is closed. And is LA yeah. open now? No. No, then who are you giving this to? Yeah. Like, there's no one else left. I know that... Um, Chicago? I don't know. Like, I got some Florida prints on some things. Um, they were looking at, like, Atlanta as a draw. But that makes sense. Yeah. Can, I don't know. Texas, Atlanta. They're just looking for the biggest population centers that are... Yeah, the next biggest populations other than New York and LA. Yeah. Yeah, which... which okay, that... Sure, that makes sense, but like, and they go can, a little wider in these times. And like, they can go in New York. I think they just—I just don't know if they can go in the city. Then they probably wouldn't do it, right? So who knows? <laughs> yeah, again, they're—they're they're just starting out with this stuff, and they probably don't have a clue. But at the same time, I think it's more than that, and I think they're missing an opportunity, especially with this movie. Right. So definitely, I was really bummed about that so i think a lot of people just probably so everybody are too. knows cherry's super limited good luck yeah <laughs> trying to get it if you're one of the 30 like what yeah. i would love to know yeah and that wasn't like all right away it was you know a platforming out yeah that was just the widest point ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right shuttered venues we should get to that yes let's get to that and then we can go over some fun movies reviews fun i can't wait so on last friday on february 5th the sba put out a shuttered venue operators grants frequently asked questions update and i went through it and the couple things that i just wanted to make everybody aware of was um Drive-in movie theaters are not able to apply for SVOG. I was kind of shocked by that. But drive-in movie theaters, because they do not have permanent fixed seating, are not eligible for this. And it kind of makes sense. Um, I think that sucks for some because 
drive-ins did have to close at one point, but they got to reopen quicker and they, I don't think they were as hurt as bad in, in the grand scheme of things overall across the country. I don't think drive-ins suffered the way indoors did. Yeah. So their exclusion from this, well, I was kind of shocked at first, a little blindsided, um, kind of makes sense in the overall picture when you think about it, but drive-ins are not able to apply because they have no permanent fixed seating. So that was a big one. Um, I, the, the question of if film buyers can apply is still a vague gray area. Um, there is provisions for talent agents and, you know, talent agents book live actors and events into venues and, um, and they are taken care of in this and eligible for stuff. But, um, but film buyers, because the movie theater part of it was tacked on after and um, piggybacked on this other bill for live venues, um, I think that the, that the film buyer thing hasn't really been discussed or, or, or um, just, you know, thought about. They didn't think that part through. Well, yeah, they, did. they honestly probably didn't know that was a thing, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. No offense. No, no. Uh, fellow film buyer as yourself, but. No, because it was, this originally was Save Our Stages Act. So this really had a focus for live theatrical venues. So live plays. They weren't even thinking about comedy clubs or movie theaters or any of the other venues. So then when it went into legislation, it became save uh, shuttered venue operators grants and movie theaters and some of those other venues were tacked on. But with because they were tacked on, there's just some linguistic challenges with trying to figure out what services get included and what don't. A film buyer who books movies into independently on theaters, we book the content for the theaters. And that is a hundred percent of our job is that is, is movie theaters. Yeah. So we're not booking movies for, you know, like anybody we're doing it for movie theaters. So, so I think we would um, qualify under the talent agent part. So I'm guessing that film buyers can still apply you probably will have to show contracts that uh, 70% or more of your clients are eligible movie theaters. And, um, and I think that that is still going to happen, but, um, until the SBA updates and says film buyers are not allowed, like they just did with drive-ins, you know, nothing's set in stone yet. So, um, I'm still planning on trying to go through the grant process to help my clients and see, what happens with that because our our industry or our business was heavily impacted i mean as theater shut down we shut down we it's not like we had i don't know museums and all these other locations that would just some magically stayed open that yeah. we were doing this for we were doing it for theaters that were forced to close so um i think i think that there's still life in that idea that film buyers can apply for this and then what else did have no drive-ins um, the independent contractor thing is kind of interesting because you don't want to fall into a secondary service category because those cannot apply for this. So the concession, um, vendors, that sort of thing, even the, even though they also service theaters, they, I don't think are going to be eligible to apply for this because they technically are secondary service. I think the only reason film buyers might have a shot is because of that talent agent um language in the bill so you might be able to fudge your way through that that. yeah (laughs) the fixed seating was a huge thing not only is it fixed seating the ticketing admission is a big thing too and so um you can't have say a bar that has a guy come in and sing every friday night be eligible for this it really is you have to have admissions you have to have tickets and um and most of your 70% or more of your business has to be in the pursuit of, you know, live, um, entertainment or theatrical. Um, and then the other really big thing I wanted to point out was they finally, finally talked about what earned income at gross income is. And according to them, SBA clarified that the gross 
earned revenue um, does not include other sources of funds that an organization may receive, such as donations or sponsorships, government assistance, or returns on investment. So gross earned revenue is the total of earned revenue from various sales of goods, services, such as admission tickets, merchandise, food and beverage, advertising sales, and contracted presentation income. So for the movie theater, you're looking at your box, your concession, and any pre-screen advertising, and then anything else um, that you you sell in the theater. So um, if you sell, you know, like uh, merchandising, like we have um, some theaters that sell the big popcorn buckets and stuff like just sell them as not part of the concessions so yeah people like to buy those for sure yeah so all that stuff gets included um they do not include donations and sponsorships so if you're a not-for-profit your donations don't get included as gross earned revenue Mm -hmm. um and then what's interesting is that they did have a membership question here so there are some movie theaters that do do membership programs and that gets a little gray area because you can use a portion of that membership program um to count as part of your gross earned revenue but only a portion of it and it's the portion that's the estimated value of the goods or services provided so then anything else in that membership amount is a contribution and is excluded from the revenue so interesting i yeah Hmm. that's something that i hadn't thought of until i read through the frequently asked questions i'm like oh yeah there are some theaters with membership programs and that technically they can use a portion of that i'm sure that it's ticket sale like whatever that translate to a ticket yeah amount like a discounted ticket you could if so if it's like ten dollars a month gets you three free entries or whatever whatever those three things discounted would have been so because there's probably a concession budget built into that as well too. Yeah. For a concession discount. So yeah. Um, that just makes it more confusing and a lot harder to figure out your gross revenue if you have a membership <laughs> program, but you can count some of that, which is, which is great because we want that gross earned revenue number to be the biggest number we can get it so that we can, you know, half that and we have a nice, a nice juicy grant amount. And so. this is, Good to know if you do happen to be a theater that does run a membership program like this, because in yeah. like the frequently asked questions, this is like buried. It's so buried. very far down, yeah. and it, it, anyone could have you know missed something like this. So that's why we're bringing this up now. Obviously, is because yeah, they're updating right. it, but there is still so much information that we're trying to decipher this yeah. as much as we can. It sounds for you guys. like you can't include all of your membership. Yeah, program. It has to be a portion of it, um, but at least you're getting some of that program counted towards I mean, yeah. the gross earned revenue it'll help right yep that's Anything. what that's what we need every, every little thing helps yep we want that big number for sure um no update on when the grant is actually available to apply for they are still working on building the portal sba will let us know when they get close to the time my hope knowing that kind of going through the web development process and knowing what it takes to build something like a, the portal, especially of this size and this complexity and this security. Um, it, you know, it could take till the end of the month for them Yeah. to do it. I would love them to have it done sooner, but say it takes to the end of February and beginning of March, you're able to apply. Remember that there's a two week window for the first tier of people that lost 90% of revenue. So now you're looking middle of March for the second tier, which is 70% revenue, which I think most movie theaters fall in line with is the 70% second tier. And then the third tier is 50% or more loss. Mm -hmm. And that is after the two weeks of that. So you're looking, you know, through March into April before they even close the grant application process. And then whether they start like awarding them right away or they wait till they close the process, we haven't gotten clarification on that yet. But even if say they, the first two weeks closed and then the second tier was starting to apply and they started awarding the grants from the first tier, it could take a week or two to process the application. So you're, you're still looking beginning of April, I think to get your funds. Now 
that's not set in stone. That's just me guessing based on my experience trying to redo the SSI website <laughs> and how long it took us kind to get that done. Kind of different ballparks than <laughs> what the government's going with. And but... I didn't have the bureaucracy and the red tape to, right. <laughs> to go through. So <laughs> purely guessing here on yeah, that. But... Take it with a grain of salt, but I think we know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and the only other thing that I'm really worried about that I've heard through um, some conversations out there this past week where people were saying, oh, I've applied. And, and I had a few frantic phone calls from some of my clients saying, well, I heard that people have applied. No one has applied for this. So um, it's never, it's not been opened. I don't know where they would have applied. And no one has actually applied for these grants yet. What, what did they apply for? I think what's happened is that they've applied for their SAM.gov number and thought that was the grant. Ah, uh, okay. And that's, but I don't know why they would have thought that because they didn't put any amounts in. They didn't put like what they wanted, you know, what they could have gotten. I mean, there's so many different types of grants and codes and numbers and this and that. Like yeah. I, I give from a certain standpoint, especially if uh, you're not up to date with all this stuff. I, I can understand how it could be pretty confusing, but right. Sam code, shuttered venue, grant, Seems like different stuff, but it, I get it. it. It's all confusing and hectic. and Yeah. So if nuts. you are out there and you're talking with other owners or managers um, and they said, oh, I've applied. Just know no one's applied yet. The, we will make a huge deal on SSI. Oh, yeah. We will get the word out in newsletters and we will make a big emergency podcast when it's able to be open but until that point just know no one's applied yet yeah trust us we we want this to happen as much as you guys do like when once we hear it we'll we'll let you guys know from my field buyer (laughs) perspective i want it to happen more like oh yeah i need to get paid and i'm not going to get paid unless the theaters get paid and this is the way they're going to get paid so definitely um so we're all on this just make sure that you're on it too but no Mm -hmm. one's applied so and we don't know when it's going to be available. So just hang in there. I know that there people are still under a lot of pressure, especially from banks and lending institutions, but just try to hold them back. Yeah. And even if, if it helps, try to give them that end of, end of February timeline. I mean, fudge that a little yeah. bit. Just fib a little. Say, I've, I've heard through the grapevines yeah. that it's going to be at the end of February. Right. Did I say end of February? I meant end of March. <laughs> end oh of my April. gosh. I It needs to happen sooner rather than later. But yes. given the, the fact that the SBA just barely got PPP round two out, yeah. I... I I can't imagine they're going to have this grant built a portal specifically for the, you know, the combination of live venues and theaters built from the ground up anytime soon. And that, that just sucks, but it does. I wish they would just let it go through the banks like PPP. Then they wouldn't have to be building a portal. They could have just issued, um, like a form and you could have applied through the form. Yeah, but that's too easy. I think it's too easy. Yeah, it's you're the right. government. We got to make this as difficult as possible. Right. They got to really earn it. They got to really yeah. earn this grant. Come on. <laughs> um, they suffered for this long. Let's make them earn it back. So we hear anything. Oh, oh, I also want to let everybody know this just hit me. I that I got an email after my successful completion of my SAM.gov registration and my successful acceptance of my application for my number. I got a spam email that says, you need to complete your marketing registration. Ooh. And we will put a picture of what this spam email looks like. But it is it is a scam, people. Do not spend any money. You, It, it doesn't come from a .gov email address. It doesn't have anything about the government uh, or any part of the government coming from it's just some marketing thing and you go through the process and they want money to complete it well you don't need to complete anything you got your number already like that's it that's all you needed if a prince from india is saying that he needs money from you don't send it to him yeah and if a marketing firm says they need you to complete your marketing profile for sam.gov don't heed those warnings yeah just crazy. So we'll put, try to put up a picture on SSI um, where I blank all my information out just to show you an example of a scam email. So Yeah. 
I know NATO has also raised the alarm on this as well because they good. they I'm got glad. a lot of people asking them about it. But good, good, I good. Got, glad they noticed that. Glad they caught that. <laughs> I got two of them because I had two different companies. Right. Remember, I had three companies, but I messed up on the third one. So <laughs> luckily, I'm not getting any scam emails for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I did the other two correctly. Yeah, if you, I mean, if, if you get a scam email, I guess it means it's working, yeah. but don't answer it. <laughs> don't answer it. <laughs> ah, so, we you've been watching some movies. We got a screener in the office here. We did. Let me, in, let me know how it went, because I was busy working on stuff in my office, and I could hear you guys laughing in there. Yeah, we uh, Ken and I were able to watch Boogie from Focus Features. Uh, pretty much it's a story about an Asian-American who... Uh, is trying to get a full right basketball scholarship while he's playing in high school, so that way uh, he can provide for his family, who uh, just are not able to make the money that they do. And along the way, while he's trying to figure out how to get that scholarship, he's also trying to um, learn about himself, kind of like one of those coming of age films that we've seen numerous times. Like, and he's also trying to, you know, honor his family's traditions while also trying to be the best basketball player. And- adapt to American lifestyle and well he's grown up in America yeah. al- already so okay. he, he, he's in like the best of both worlds type situation yeah. so it, it's not quite like he's trying to adjust to American life but he's just trying to figure out his own life right um but nice. yeah I mean the was laughs, it good yeah it was good like the laughs were very earned uh from Ken and I because um it's it's funny because the humor I guess I would say it's dark humor but it, it's really good dark Is humor dry not, I don't want to say that it's dry. I just think it's humor that won't come across well to a lot of people. But I think, oh. I don't know. I think like if you set yourself in and you're adjusting to like what type of movie that this is, like this R-rated coming of age film, I think you can be able to understand the humor and be able to enjoy it. Um, so I guess it's just a matter of taste and I could see that being an issue for people watching, but was it really well paced? Cause it's only like 90 minutes. It was quick. I mean, you watched it in the office and it didn't take all day. I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with the pacing. No. And, and I did like that. It was about 90 minutes. Like it, it seemed like it didn't need to expand much more to have like a two hour runtime. Uh, it seemed like from start to finish, it really, uh, was a movie that understood what it was trying to be and what it, it was trying to say. Nice. And I think it just was a well told story about this young teenager, um, who has a lifestyle that we just don't see very often in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just w- really appreciate that it showed, you know, the side of him that's growing up in American lifestyle, but also shows the, you know, yeah. um, the other hair, uh, the other, um, things about him that come from his now, other culture. Is the writer or from the same guy that, um, did the premise for fresh off the boat? Is it from the same I believe so. It's a writer and a producer of that yeah. movie, I believe. Um, I'm, I'm spacing on his name now. Is it Eddie Wan? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that you're is correct this, on the name. Is this like a um, personal story of his? or? Uh, I didn't get the impression that it was a personal story. I think it just came from just him. I don't think story. it's based on a true story. Yeah, I love that show, Fresh Off the Boat. and I've heard good things about it, one yeah. Of, one of my favorite comedians, Ali Wan, writes for it. and so. Oh, okay. And she's great. Yeah, she is so wonderful. Yeah, she's awesome. I did she not is know not that. in this movie. <laughs> no, uh, she did this, not write this movie. And if you have seen Fresh Off the Boat, I think it's yeah. probably a very different show than what Boogie oh. is. Yeah. Did I say what the name of the movie even was? What, yeah, it's... I did Boogie. Okay, good. I was yeah. thinking about that. I was like, I don't even know if I said it, but uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a, just a different coming of age story, just from a different perspective. But I think it does well with telling a coming of age story that feels different mm-hmm. but it's also a good basketball movie in general like i was really nice. impressed with the filming of all of the basketball scenes that went through it i thought that he did a really good job yeah well i know that um it's from focus right yeah they're going as wide as they did with land on it so i think a little less than a thousand prints mm-hmm. so i've requested it in a, quite a few places because we just need content and i loved that it had a short run time on it like you could put multiple showings in yeah totally and um and get people in and out a lot quicker so i like i liked that and you could also have a little later showing without it going too late at night so if you don't aren't doing nine o'clocks you could um you might be able to squeeze in you know, like a, a eight and get, go past it a little bit later yeah, and get I'm, a little later showing. Yeah. There could definitely be people coming in late who 
you know, want to be away from the crowds for the most part and just want to yeah. see a, a, probably a movie that they haven't seen in a while late at night. And Right, but you don't have to have staff there till past 10. Yeah, to, exactly. To accommodate that. So, yeah. And people I like... still get out early enough for them to enjoy the rest of the night. So I think that's a really good point. Like, it will be good for that type of mm-hmm. um, setting. Um, and then you saw Promising Young Woman, which is getting a lot of critical re- response. It like is. It's, it's very deserved. positively reviewed. Yeah. It's really holding in there where we've played it in a few places. Like oh, it's just doing pretty consistent business. So there is, I think, something there. It's not just like this artsy, like critically acclaimed movie, but it, it seems to be doing you know, good amongst regular audiences. So what were your thoughts on it? Well, that's good that it's doing well in that way because the subject matter, I mean, it's tough stuff. You know, it's a story about a woman who um, is dealing with the grief and trauma that she experienced offhand when uh, her friend uh, passes away after, you know, going through an awful situation of her being raped by some college colleagues of theirs. But the men who were involved in that were able to get away scot-free and the, which led to her, her friend having depression and then leading to her death. So the story is, you know, very dark just by the premise alone. But right. I think what works well with having uh, general audiences be able to still like the movie is because it's hard hitting when it comes to those subject matters of, you know, subject matters like rape culture and male privilege. But it, it does in a way to where it's satirical when it comes to rom-coms and it has the right amount of dark humor to where it's good and it offsets is the edge off it takes the edge off and yet somehow you still feel the edge and i don't know how the director was able to pull that off that the director uh is emerald fennell and she also wrote the movie i don't know how she was able to come up with that balance and make it it work so well but it carrie mulligan's performance it definitely helps because (laughs) carrie mulligan is the anchor of this entire movie for sure like you Mm -hmm you understand like the grief and the trauma that she's facing, even though it wasn't her that experienced what her friend had to go through. And Carrie Mulligan just does a, this really good job at playing different versions of one character. Like there's a version where she's shut off and acts like a loner from her parents. And there's a version where she's, uh, you know, she's, you know, sarcastic, but and dry witted, almost showing her true colors to her best friend, like her one best friend, but not enough to where she really opens up. And, you know, there's also another version where, without giving too much away, to where she's going out at night and stopping uh, men from assaulting other women, uh, just like how her friend was in some ways. And so there's just multiple versions of herself that she's playing, but then towards the middle of the movie, you finally figure out, like, who the true version of her is, and you like it, and you root for her because you want her to uh, stop grieving and be able to move on with her life because you see how happy she's becoming. And without giving anything away, there's just something else that adds on to the mix at the end to where, you know, it reverts back and has a good climax and ending to the movie that's really satisfying and very different. And I don't think people would, will expect it, but... We'll have to watch how it does through award season because I yeah. think that it's doing well now, but it, it wasn't playing in very many places. And, it, and But the buzz has been good. It's It had... Um, good rotten tomato scores it's gotten a lot of critical acclaim yeah and that showing in the grosses to a certain extent the audience are, are being receptive to it so i i would love to see a film like this grow and then become an awards darling yeah and i think it can be i mean carrie mulligan's performance alone i could easily see her being the front runner for like a best actress award uh the writing i think will be a strong contender for mm-hmm. like a writing category and I think if it gets just enough um, I just hope awards it doesn't contentions, get... uh, no, enough yeah. awards categories, it will be able to get a bump. And I think Focus Features will realize that and uh-huh. give it another push. Because I, I do think um, it's going to be a really good movie that audiences won't be expecting, but I think they'll come out being satisfied. Right. Well, I know that it's two things. That it's done well enough that if it does get that awards push and bump at um, the Academy season, then yes, like that'll be a good one to play in theaters yeah. down the road. Maybe if you've, you've avoided it because of the politics of it or the darkness of it, it might be a good one that, cause a lot of the times, a lot of the last few years, these Academy pictures have not translated to a bump theatrically at all. Like no, not really, nobody no. really wants to see them, but this one might, might pull it through and it might actually be, could produce a bump. But I'm hoping that it doesn't get caught up in the whole like politics of having 
a female director about female, you know, uh, wagging that, the finger at yeah. men. And, yeah. I mean, at face value, that's definitely what it could appear as. But I think between the awards contention that it could have, plus hopefully if you hear from me and a bunch of other people who reviewed this movie, like it, it has like something else to it to where it doesn't feel like finger wagging. Like it feels hard hitting right. and insightful, but it also has an, has a little bit of something else to it to where you can be able to enjoy this type of story and this yeah. type of subject matter. It may not feel good in moments when it needs to not feel good, but there's enough moments when it comes to, you know, the human elements to the satirical elements to the moments where the dark humor to where you gasp maybe and then laugh about it because you realize, hey, that was actually a funny joke. So nice. hopefully those elements can be able to show somehow through like it's a, it's a, a word contention. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad we're back to having some reviews. I am too. I missed this. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh, the screeners in the office have been really fun. Yeah. But we've had a few, but we haven't been able to b talk about them because then they moved off their release dates. And True. Like, um, Comeback Trail. Yeah. Cloudburst. That one, I've been, well, yeah, that one I wanted to talk about and I also haven't wanted to write about, but since yeah. there's no release date for it yet, there's no reason for me to release it quite yet i think yeah. there'll be a written review for boogie um right before it's released and yeah. then promising young woman there's already a review out on yep. ssi right now so yeah no it's just nice to get back into it yeah uh what do we have coming up we have a uh, career from roadside i yep. think is is another screener we're gonna get in preview nice. so we're still working on it will but... lionsgate get us one for chaos walking I probably will, not probably not <laughs> we'll try one can dream but one can dream but no courier would be a good one to watch yeah i really want to see blythe spirit but it comes out next week and i'm like maybe i could get a screener i'm like no i'll just i'll just wait till it comes out yeah normal time but that one i think looks hilarious and i mm -hmm. i don't know why i'm so drawn to that movie but well ifc doesn't i don't think they do many comedies they, so i think they don't i think partially for us anyway in our small circles like seeing ifc do a comedy yeah because normally they do like hard-hitting dramas and some horror they do stuff horror. And you, you yeah. just don't see them do comedies all that no much, so. i bet if we put all the ifc posters together it would be literally the colors would be brighter than all the others. It's all dark, black. Yeah, dark, gritty colors until you yeah. get the Blythe Spirit and it's like what? Dan orange. Stevens and Judy Dench on the poster. <laughs> yeah, like this. With weird faces on. This 50s theme or 40s, you know, theme with. The, like flappers yeah. type uh, garments and whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. It just looks really fun. And I love Dan Stevens. I think he can, he can do comedy and and drama yeah. and stuff so and judy dench is always really good so mm -hmm. i'm just oh and leslie mann i love her she's so funny leslie mann isla fisher's yeah in it. is it ilsa or isla i think it's isla fisher. i think it's isla i never remember but she's great yeah Wedding i haven't crashers. really got to i haven't seen her in a comedy since wedding crashers i never saw i never really, really watched um was it uh now you see me i never watched those i actually caught those two and those were yeah, those are still good. I mean, I, I yeah. like the first one a lot, and the second one I finally just saw, and I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was okay. Yeah. So I haven't really seen her since Wedding Crash. Did you ever see Tag? No. She's great in Tag. No, I didn't yeah. see that one. And I think you'd actually like that. That's a good comedy. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I I need to see that. Yeah. So. I recommend it. People, go watch Tag. It's delightful. <laughs> it's delightful. All right. Well, I think that gets us through this podcast this week. Yeah. Minus our, our man down. Yeah. Hopefully, Ken will come back. Uh, we missed him, and I hope I really he missed better. him. I was thrown off today. It just doesn't... How can you be a tripod yeah. missing a leg? What... <laughs> what do you think ken yeah. ken yeah. where are you i oh, look no. i look over at kyle and i look over and it's just an empty space and i'm like this doesn't feel right normally she faces ken and i and yeah. i've taken advantage of ken being gone and have the entire space to myself so he was like oh look at all this space first thing he said when he sat down i'm like we have a man down kyle show some respect <laughs> <laughs> what are you some kind of jerk yeah yes i am yeah. <laughs> Oh. All right. Uh, so, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Off the Break Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com, where if you're a theater owner or manager needing marketing materials and needing to know what's coming up 
with what little product there is currently with uh, for, uh, to show at, for movies theaters, then... <laughs> Man, I almost had it too. I know. I know. I've been off today too on this. I just mumbled my way Ken. through some of that. It's because Ken. Ken's not here. Hi. Uh, anyway, go to our website. If you understood any of that, go yeah. to our website. Go to our website right now. Just go. Go quick. Oh, stay warm, everybody. It's pretty cold up it's here. It's a cold one out there. Yeah, all that polar <laughs> vortex coming down from Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye.